Hello, welcome to another Robinson Ralph podcast with me, Simon Robinson. Um, we have found another case for you today, and this one, we've done the impossible and found a case that's not related to uh, coronavirus. Uh, helping me unpack that case is Mr. David Dave Silito. Oh, it's going to be unpacked in a way that is really going to um, inspire and educate and inform. Um, hello. And then we've also got Mr. Samuel Sam Higgins. Hello there, and I'm really looking forward to watching Dave unpack the um, the unpackaging, if you like, <laughs> unpacking the case. Is that what you should say? Unpacking unpacking the suitcase and the Supreme Court case are very similar uh, activities. You wouldn't bring a Supreme Court case with you on holiday. No, but if you did, then it would be very easy to identify on the baggage carousel, wouldn't it? It'd be the only one. <laughs> Do you think if you'd got Lady Lady Hale there carrying your beach ball and Lord Reed there, <laughs> he's he's perhaps got the the cereal and meat you brought with you from home? Yeah. Maybe Lord Cares there, and he's 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 clinging on to your undies. Lord Hodge. Um, Just going back there, is that what somebody does on your holiday? Does somebody come along and, and hold your undies? <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, I was bringing the Supreme Court with me when I go on holidays. They all have their own individual jobs. Lord Hodge is in char- charge of the music, and, and Lord uh, L- Lloyd Jones he brings the board games. Who's uh, making the cocktails? Uh, Lady Hale. Uh, Lady Hale, she's she multifunctions. Yeah, multitasks. What's multifunctions? She is multifunctional. Um, so, although anyway. sometimes people tie sort of ribbon around their cases to help them be more easily identified, isn't it? Which, um, if somebody else had thought, oh, I'll bring along my own Supreme Court case, they'd probably tie it up in the same pink ribbon as most cases are usually tied up in. Yeah. But actually, somebody I else that problem. could lead to even more confusion than it's worth. I, just, I had that problem when I went to Dublin, though, like an, an identical case and picked mm. the wrong one up. And before I know it, I'm at uh, lost luggage at one in the morning um, after a few beverages on the plane. Um, it's not really an episode you want to you want to really. I generally thought you were going to say eight pythons and sixteen kilos of cocaine in your yeah. uh, suitcase. I picked up the wrong luggage, and before I knew it, I was dressed as a woman, dancing, dancing the night away. Um, Which so, is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no 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 problem with that. If that's what you want to do, obviously. <laughs> um, it's just not not something I would do, which of course no. doesn't make it right or wrong. Um, so uh, right. Uh, uh, next, what are we talking about? Uh, I don't know, but has anybody been watching that Tiger King on Netflix? Oh, it's been recommended to us. Is it worth a watch? Yeah, it's really good. Really. If good. I see one more meme on that, what's she called? That Carol, Carol Baskin. Baskin. <laughs> yeah, Carol I Baskin. Hate Carol Baskin. <laughs> um, it's it's ridiculous. I can't honestly I'm trying to get asleep the other night. Get phone Thinking going about Carol Baskin. Carol ba- uh, well, unfortunately, I had no choice. Just like Carol Baskin memes, just been sent left, right, and centre. Why yeah. don't you just turn off the sound? Because I don't want to miss out. You know, I feel I feel as though you know people are talking. <laughs> <Don't to me>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so um, we're going to talk about um, the case of uh, Morrison's, the supermarket, mm-hmm. and um, various claimants. Yeah. And this was a case to do with um, vicarious liability after he disclosed some confidential information i assume um yeah, so 
It was quite a big deal, I think. Morrison's, I read somewhere, maybe it was in this, Morrison's has spent a couple of million cleaning up the aftermath. Something like 2.26 million. Yeah. So what did he got? It, it had a disciplinary warning for something, and he, he whenever he worked there, and he, he took the head staggers and didn't like this. Yeah, he then was a bit. Leaked a load of confidential information, did he? And then um, yeah, did he said he said he sent it. I think did he send it out to the press as an anonymous member of the public? They sent it to the police, and he ended up getting nicked and fired. He put it on a on a publicly accessible website, right? Really. Uh, and then he contacted three national newspapers and said, oh, I'm a concerned member of the public. I've seen um, That's it. Yeah. This, th- this information. And they said, oh, well, presumably, well, the, what they did was contact Morrison's, presumably after thinking, is that very interesting? Oh, I was just going to say, like, you know, <laughs> the, media, the media get a bashing, but, you know, fair play to them in this case. They, uh, they gave them the old heads up. I thought that was yeah. quite, uh, quite good of them. What I quite liked about this case is the fact that Morrison's unfortunately clearly have their fair share of rogues in the workforce. This guy who um, uh, unlawfully disclosed their data or their employees data um, and went to prison for it. Um, And then um, one of the cases in the line of authorities that was referred to most recently, uh, the case of Mahmood against Morrison's, um, where a petrol station attendant had punched a customer. So... (laughs) I mean, they must be feeling pretty hard done by in terms of rogue employees who've led them into a lot of legal trouble. Yeah, that mood one. Yeah, they must, maybe, there's, maybe in the recruitment department, they're thinking, where, where are we hiring people from? Yeah. Although in saying that, obviously, we need to pause and say Morrison's, like all supermarkets, have done a, a great job in trying to spread the, the, the uh, control the spread of the coronavirus. And um, all of those workers who turn up to go to work in supermarkets every day and put themselves in harm's way are to be applauded and appreciated for everything yep. they've done. Absolutely. So, um, um, so Mr. I, Skelton, in this case, went to prison himself for eight years as well, did you see, which is quite a long time, I think. For it does seem harsh, cases. doesn't it? Mm, I mean, in my head, people don't get that much for burglaries. I mean, yeah, I, I exactly. Should this, exactly. I should make this clear. This won't surprise either of you to know. I have done no research on this whatsoever. But, they really don't come across at all. So. No, but, but it does... It does seem like eight years, and I'm sure it was serious, but... You've got a bit of a background years. in criminal law, haven't you, though? So, you know, you, yeah. you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was dealing with the low-level stuff at Magistrates Court. I wasn't dealing with the big stuff right. at Crown Court, but... But arguably, I mean, eight years, we're talking about eight years out sentences. Maybe maybe that's the key to stopping these people who are uh, going out sunbathing um, at the moment. Just see, eight years. I, well, I've got mixed feelings about that, because um, I can't, I, you know... I, I, I don't think we should go out. But then I kind of get the point that I've got a garden. I'm not yeah. saying not to show off, but but I do I do take the point from from um, uh, some members of the Labour Party that um, that well that's all well and good. But if you're living in a flat with yeah. kids, yeah, you need to go out. So I kind of like this idea of park being on a kind of a rota basis. I don't know how that would work in practice, but I mean, as long as you're socially distanced, which obviously gets the harder gets harder the more people turn up then yeah. there's nothing wrong with it on the face of it, is there? You know, no, I don't, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it either, but you just, you know, the videos of people playing football in parks in, uh, I think I think there was one in London, you know, a group of lads, you know, just having a kick about, you know, yeah. fair enough if you stood at opposite ends of the pitch, but uh, but you're obviously not. Well, I did see also a tweet from the secret barrister who said, oh, yeah, this in response to musings from the government about whether or not they should um, ban people from going outside completely. Um, their tweet was, 
hmm, yeah, this criminal law isn't working. What we need is more criminal law. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it was a good. It was good. So you know you can't win, can you? But but there there has been recently um, some quite legitimate debate about the disparity of um, treatment of data breaches, um, in particular sort of multi-million pound or euro fines available for employers um, when the disclosure of somebody's data perhaps isn't as violating as serious sexual harassment, um, for which the punishment is is a lot less. I think that was all in the context of the recent Women Inequalities um, Committee. Uh, report on sexual harassment in the workplace but um but it's a it's a really valid point you know companies get a few thousand pounds yeah it might be quite a lot for some serious quite a lot of money for some quite serious harassment but it's nowhere near the multi-million pounds for for a data breach no so anyway mr skelton um was a senior auditor uh as we said he had a bore a grudge um what he then did was uh, disclose that data, went to prison, and the question was whether or not Morrison should be vicariously liable. They were not primarily liable because they'd done everything that they could, hadn't they, to um, prevent the, the breach, but the, the question was about vicarious liability. Um, and I quite like the fact that it brought back into fashion, I think, this phrase, frolic of his own. Mm. Great expression for all of his own. It is, isn't it? Yeah. From an 80, I think 1834. It doesn't really work if you say, I'm off frolicking, does it? it doesn't, that doesn't really work, that. I'm off for a frolic. Off for a frolic. I mean, it, it's, I mean, sending an email with a load of data that you've downloaded on a USB stick isn't what I think like would amount to a frolic in most people's um, kind of vocabulary. But, uh, I mean, each to his own. This guy clearly, you know, got his uh, kicks off it. <laughs> got his kicks. Where's it, where's it from, that frolic of his own? 18 what? Um, I think it was 1834. Um, I'm well, I'm fairly certain that anyone in 1834 wasn't anticipating data breaches by computer. No, no. I would guess. I'm not, an, I'm not an historian, and I've done zero research on this, but I would be surprised... Are you just checking there, Dave, to see if... I'm just looking through the annals of history. See when, the, when computers were invented. It was, yeah, it was 1834, Joel against Morrison, in fact. You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a very different, it's spelled different, and uh, I don't think the supermarket was around in 1834, but I, I, I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, so it, it talks about when driving on his master's business, uh, presumably using a horse-drawn carriage. Um, and if he's going on it, uh, about his master's business, then his master, he will make his master liable. But if he's going on a frolic of his own, not on his master's business, the master will not be liable. I quite liked the um, the case of Attorney General of the British Virgin Islands and Hartwell. Did I think, I think we all love that case, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Great case. That was, um, that was said to be quite similar to this one in many ways. Yeah, um, perhaps not this what perhaps the attorney general would be slightly more worthy of a hollywood film being made out of it um whereas this guy uh, emailed off some data on a data stick um in the hartwell and british virgin islands case the guy went into a restaurant where he'd seen his girlfriend who he thought was having an affair and uh, shot a shot a load of bullets and ended up injuring an innocent bystander 
which I must that's say fine. doesn't say much for the training on firearms that's given by the British Virgin Islands government, does it? No, that sounds like a Quentin Tarantino kind of a. Yeah, it? it does. That's basically in that basically the beginning of Kill Bill Volume Two. No, I think it's, it it's, no, it's more of the beginning of Pulp Fiction, isn't it, with Tim Roth and um, oh, I can't remember her name in the diner. No, hmm. Pulp Fiction, that one. It is Pulp Fiction, that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Honey Bunny. Is that a policeman going in with a gun? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying exactly the same. It's a bit like RoboCop, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's very similar to Annie it. the remake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was quite that was quite an interesting one. So they said that in that one, the connecting factors that the claimants try to rely on to bring vicarious liability onto the government for the police officer's actions were the fact that he was police officer on duty at the time of the shooting. The place where the shooting occurred was within his jurisdiction. And he had a police revolver to which he was given access um, and which he was permitted to use for police purposes. Yeah. And they found that those factors were, were not sufficient. Um, the fact that he, there he, he consciously abandoned his post and his duties. He put aside his role as a police constable and armed with the revolver he'd improperly taken had embarked elsewhere on a personal vendetta of his own um, meant that the conduct was a frolic of his own. So it was quite a, a close analogy, albeit a lot more exciting um, than the current case. Yeah, I think anything that involves rogue police is always always more exciting than a than a disgruntled Morrison's employee, surely. Unless you're like the subject of the rogue police officers. When I first read, yeah. when I first read that, um, yeah. when I first read the one though with the Morrison's petrol guy, I mean, I don't know why my mind sort of created the image like it is in America of people actually being, you know, you know, holding the holding the the petrol pump and putting it in the car for you. I'm assuming that in the the petrol attendant's case, it was one of those where it was behind the desk, and then you just yeah. pay as you would. Like for some reason, I imagined it it, it all kicking off. Well, with the, the guy went some photocopying done, I think. Was that is that right? <laughs> the the guy went into the petrol station and wanted some photocopying done. And <laughs> admittedly, I think the petrol station attendant did uh, overreact by racially abusing him and physically assaulting him. But um, I mean, that's quite a ludicrous request. I mean, I've got to be honest. If the local Asda down my road had a had a photocopying service, you know, you know, I could probably set off to work a bit. Uh, a bit, a bit, uh, a bit later than normal. Why would you, would you go in just to do some photocopying on the way? Well, I'm sure you must have done that in the past. Like, oh, I've got this, that, and the other to print out. I need to do this. Getting a bit earlier, but if you can just pick it up at uh, Asda with your petrol, that'd be uh, that'd save a lot of time yeah. with that. Yeah, if they if they prepared Asda prepared bundles as well yeah. as if Asda are if Asda are listening, you know, you might want to might want to look into it. Yeah. Actually, it was some, if, if some documents could be printed, he wanted, which again is still a ludicrous request about uh, of your Morrison's petrol station attendant. Anyway, so what was the uh, what was the outcome of all this uh, all this case then, Dave? It, it seems as though we've kind of gone on a frolic of our own in talking about <laughs> attendance. Well, one of the big issues in the lower courts was whether or not um, the fact that Mr. Skelton's motive was to do harm to Morrison's. Would be a relevant factor and morrison's were essentially saying that the court by imposing vicarious liability on uh, the company were 
just serving uh, his intentions were were furthering um, the vendetta. Um, and the lower courts have said, look, motive is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter that he was doing it as a vendetta. The question was whether or not it's so closely connected. And, and, and Supreme Court in this case said, well, look, saying motive is irrelevant. You've, you've essentially taken a point from the previous decisions out of context. Um, motive is relevant to the extent that it, it will show whether or not somebody is acting in the course of their employment um, or acting on a personal vendetta, going on a frolic of, of their own. Um, and, and, and the court found that because he was essentially on a vendetta against Morrison's, um, had gone outside uh, the realms of his job in, in doing this, um, then Morrison's were not vicariously liable. So having lost at High Court and lost at Court of Appeal level, Morrison's was successful at the Supreme uh, Court. Um, and the Supreme Court um, confirmed uh, uh, an important principle, which is that just because the employee has had the opportunity through their job to commit the wrongful act, um, that won't be necessary, that won't be um, in itself sufficient uh, or get anywhere near being sufficient to impose liability um, on the company. So that was really reassuring from an employer's perspective um, that if you have done all you can, such as you can avoid primary, primary liability, as Morrison's have done here, um, then just because you've got a rogue employee won't mean um, that you're necessarily going to be liable for their actions. Yeah, that's really good. So I think um, I think there's much more we can say on that case, is there? I think we, um, yeah, said everything interesting and amusing that we can possibly say about it. What is a very dry subject? I mean, data protection doesn't give much cause for joy and laughs, does it? But I think we've we've shown that if anybody can bring joy and laughter on a, a coronavirus-affected Tuesday whilst talking about data protection laws, then it's the Robinson Ralph crew. And in fairness, I think that's all we've ever wanted to do. So, you know, it, it's, it's pretty much our unofficial motto. Yeah. And, um, and I think it's, you know, you don't get the bigger firms making that kind of boast. No. So, there go the Robinson Ralph crew. They brought me joy and laughter. On a coronavirus-filled Tuesday about the very dry <laughs> subject of data protection. That's, that's, that's all I want people to say about us. Yeah. Right. Um, should we go then? Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, should we mention the other stuff we've got yeah. planned? Or... Yeah. Sam, do you want to, what have we got planned <laughs> <Yeah>. this week? <laughs> what was an Alan Partridge uh, impression? <laughs> um, yeah, so on uh, Thursday, we've got the second Robinson Ralph virtual pub quiz. Um, for those of you that uh, were at the first one, um, you need to uh, you need to obviously tell your friends because it was uh, it was kind of an, an epic um, an epic hour and forty minutes, um, I believe. I think we're going to shave uh, quite a bit of time off on that one. So um, we we put we have put details out on LinkedIn on how to uh, register for that. Um, so keep an eye out for that. What else we're going to? Oh, um, I'm doing a uh, an interview on the radio and uh, for another podcast on Tuesday. So um, so that's exciting. Wednesday we're doing a podcast with uh, is it Anne Frank? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, so we'll be talking about tips, um, you know, for uh, businesses, um, you know, dealing with this COVID nineteen outbreak. So we're looking forward to that. Um, 
Am I missing anything? Have we got anything? I think, yeah, <laughs> next next Tuesday we're going to do another um, furlough uh, update. Reason being, we think that the government changes seem to come through at the weekend. The initial, um, initial guidance and then the clarification guidance which came through on Saturday morning. So we're going to do one next Tuesday after the bank holiday weekend. And it'll really focus on, um, this is our key strength, what we don't know. <laughs> focus on on what's still not clear in the guidance um if something stops over the weekend then um you know we'll address that as well but if not it's just going to be like a little um summary of, of where we are with all of all of the uh the coronavirus jobs retention scheme i think i think that's everything for the next seven eight days or so isn't it I think so. So yeah, keep an eye out for us. We'll be. Up I mean, you can't miss us, really, can you? At the minute, no. you can't miss us. No. All right. Um, right. Thank you both. Um, thank you to whoever has stumbled upon this recording by accident. If you're, if you're from the future and you're an historian trying to work out, you know, <laughs> did we represent podcasts at the time? In no way whatsoever. We were firmly the worst podcast that the world has ever seen. Um. And I, for one, share um, allegiance with our new lizard overlords. Um, yeah. I um, or pledge allegiance is probably better than share, is it? Pledge, yeah. Pledge. I'd well, share it. I, I, they, they might not mind. They might speak differently in the future anyway. So. Yeah. I, I assume in the future share is the same as pledge. But what might yeah. <laughs> let's just Let's just end this. Bye. Please. Bye. Bye. <laughs>